Welcome to That's the Word, wholesome tales for the whole family. I'm Father James Yamauchi. Today's story, The Brawl at the Debate. The prison guards escorted the dignitary to his cell. They tossed him in and slammed the door shut behind him. Slowly, the echoes of the guards' steps faded, and the dignitary was left alone with his thoughts. This was not his first time in prison. Years ago, magistrates had seized and tortured him before chaining and throwing him into prison for challenging the status quo. His time in prison was not wasted. He intervened on behalf of the wrongfully imprisoned and worked to provide for others during famine. When the political landscape changed, the convictions and character of the dignitary, now released, launched him to celebrity status. At least, he was a dignitary earlier that day. The debate had not gone smoothly, to say the least. Even so, he certainly did not think his actions warranted being stripped of his dignity and reduced to a criminal. He only intended to stand up for the same convictions that led the populace to recognize him as a hero. He certainly did not tolerate any nonsense when it came to talking about his boss. In the midst of the debate, his boss was spoken of so horrendously that the dignitary believed there was only one course of action. He marched right up to the presenter and literally slapped some sense into him. Or at least he had tried. Last he saw, the presenter still lacked any sense. The room had been stunned, silent, and shocked. When it recovered, it rose in an uproar. The MC was furious. He ordered the dignitary stripped of his office and cast into prison. That's where the former dignitary now sat, though he suddenly realized he was not alone. Visitors were approaching his cell. He thought it odd that no guards were accompanying them. The man squinted through the bars of the cells and gasped as he recognized his boss approaching him. Why are you here? The boss asked. The man humbly gave a brief explanation. There was a moment of silence, and then his boss smiled. In that dark cell, he restored the dignitary's robes and book, the signs of his office. His boss was grateful for the dignitary's steadfastness amidst such great opposition. When the guard saw the robes and the book, the dignitary was promptly returned to the debate. 
the presenter who had degraded the dignitary's boss, received public and formal correction. The debate's decisions were put down in the document to ensure that the boss's integrity would never again be compromised. The words of that document, written hundreds of years ago, are known today. Words that were familiar to the dignitary who was imprisoned for remaining true to his boss. However, there is one issue. While there is historical proof of the grand debate over 1,500 years ago, there is no official record of the dignitary's presence, and the story of his brawl is most certainly legend. However, the dignitary was a real man, Many think of him only as soft and indulging, but are oblivious to his true character. He may not have gone to prison at the debate, but he indeed served time in prison and suffered torture for standing strong in his convictions. If nothing else, this story serves to remind us of the indefatigable courage, the great faith, and the fighting spirit of this dignitary who, as legend goes, participated in a debate in the town called Nicaea, a debate that was called by the Emperor Constantine, who summoned the bishops of the world to discuss the nature of Christ, a debate that condemned the heresy preached by Arius who declared that Jesus Christ was not God. These words were so offensive to the ears of a well-known bishop that, so the story goes, he deemed the just and charitable recourse was a fist fight to put the priest Arius in his place. A man who was in reality a witness for Christ in a time of fierce persecution and whose legend lives to this day as a meticulous personality finding out who's naughty or nice. The Bishop of Myra named Saint Nicholas. And for this week, that's the word. So the people who visited St. Nicholas, or St. Nicholas the Wonder Worker, as he is known by our Eastern brothers, in this legend, there was Jesus and Mary who come to visit him in prison and bring to him the robes of the bishop and a Bible, or actually it was a book of the Gospels. Because even to this day for the ordination of a bishop, one of the things that is done is the book of the Gospels is placed over him. And of course, this is legend. The earliest record we were able to find of it came out about in the 1700s, so long, long after the Council of Nicaea. But definitely, as we alluded to, the Council of Nicaea was a historical council. And while it may be legend that Nicholas went over and had a fist fight with Arius, there were certainly fist fights that broke out around Nicaea. 
And the whole reason why the Emperor Constantine called this council is because there was great disturbance in the empire because of this debate going on of whether Jesus Christ is God or not. And if you really think about it, if you are now the main religion in town, because the Edict of Milan had just happened, which allowed all religions to exist, but certainly Constantine favored Christianity because his mother was a Christian and he attributed his victory in order to be the emperor to Christ. Well, then whether or not Jesus Christ is God or not is a huge deal. And I can just imagine, can you imagine Constantine? He's thinking to himself, okay, I'm emperor. I'm doing well by these Christians. We're rocking and rolling. And then all of a sudden there's a large swath of people, even some bishops saying, oh, this guy's not God. It's like, wait a second. I put all my eggs into this basket and now you're telling me what? And so there had to be, you know, just that public order. And obviously people were very passionate about their views on the matter and it had to get resolved. And they're also passionate about this, not just because it's now a big deal that Christianity is the main religion, but remember the persecution of Diocletian was only a decade or a few decades ago. The Edict of Milan was 13 years prior to the Council of Nicaea. Right. And then before that was the persecution yeah, of Diocletian. Five or 10 years before that was the persecution of Diocletian, the worst persecution under the Romans. These guys who are at this debate and who are fighting in the streets and probably fighting at Nicaea were people who suffered. I mean, they had friends and family who died for the name of Christ. And we and, know St. Nicholas, that's what we allude to in the story, was that he was a hero precisely because he stayed true to Christ during those persecutions of Diocletian when he was imprisoned as a bishop. And he was one of those who suffered. But no wonder these guys' emotions are running so high. I mean, not only because it's important that we remember who Christ actually is, but also because they, their family and their friends had just spent much of their lives suffering and dying for the name of Christ. So we're going to go in there and say, well, we just suffered and died for just some dude. No, we suffered and died for God. For him who is the Son of God, made incarnate by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. So I think it gives us pause to reflect upon the sacrifices made by the fathers of our faith, especially when we go to Mass this coming Sunday and we say the Nicene Creed. The Nicene Creed, of course, is the document that was developed from this Council of Nicaea, from this debate here. So as we say, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, be God and not made. It's sometimes easy to go into autopilot, but remember those words have great meaning and it cost the early Christians their very lives. And it costs so much to be able to defend in the midst of heresy who Jesus Christ really is. And for that, as we enter into the Christmas season, as we reflect upon the words of the creed, as we look forward to celebrating the birthday of God made man who was born in Bethlehem, we just have to be extremely grateful for all who have gone before us 
and ensure that we uphold the tradition we hand on, we pass on the tradition to those that come after us. Something else fun that we just released recently is we made a full cast audio comedy, Peter and Chains, based off of Acts chapter 12. It's about 10 minutes long, and we think it's really funny. We hope you enjoy it. Father James narrates it. I wrote it. And we have an awesome cast who performs it. You can find this in the show notes, or if you go to YouTube and search for Thunder Rock, Peter and Chains, you'll be able to find it. Or you can go to our website under the news section. It will be there. If you enjoy That's the Word, please share the word. You can see the story extras for this story, the brawl at the debate at thunderrock.org, where you can see some of the traditions associated with St. Nicholas. We'll share some of the things that we do as part of our German heritage, which is something really special. We forget that, in the, especially in the East, St. Nicholas is a major, major feast day. He is a very powerful intercessor. There's a reason why he's called the Wonder Worker. Thunderrock.org is also where you can sign up for our weekly newsletter and where you can find our social links and our email if you have any feedback or story ideas. Thanks for listening and join us next Wednesday for another wholesome tale for the whole family.